Is doubt completely contrary to the Christian faith? Or is it an understandable part of human behavior that Christ comes to welcome and redeem? Welcome to the Spiritual Father Podcast. I am Father Adam Carrico, and this homily was recorded on December 15th for the third Sunday in Advent, 10.30 a.m. Mass at Ascension Catholic Church, Louisville, Kentucky. As always, thank you for listening. Enjoy. From time to time, do you find yourself in doubt? Doubting this project that we've been working on for more than 2,000 years. Doubting whether or not uh, Christ is real, that he was born, that he took on flesh, that he even was God. Do you doubt sometimes that what comes from this altar is really the body and blood of Jesus Christ? I do. I'll give you a little hint. It's okay. That's where we're headed, at least. I doubt. Every now and then. It doesn't typically last for too long, but it still doubt enters my heart. We could even doubt whether or not uh, this little child, Lucy here, is in need of baptism. Whether or not that her baptism will uh, have any effect. Whether or not it's needed or necessary. Whether or not it even does anything. We can doubt so many things about our faith. In fact, doubt is almost, well, cultivated in our world. And so it's no wonder that our hearts from time to time doubt. And so if you find yourself at this very moment uh, doubting, doubting your faith, well, you're probably in good company. It's okay. We doubt. And John the Baptist, well, he doubted too. If we take a good look at our gospel today, one may find themselves wondering, why was it that John the Baptist felt the need to send his disciples to ask Jesus, are you really the one? Are you really the one who we have been waiting for? This is John the Baptist, the one whom Christ says, no one born of woman has been greater than he. He is mighty in word and deed. He is so fully committed to preparing the way of the Lord that he has spent at least a decade out in the wilderness, wearing strange clothes, eating strange things, speaking a strange message that the people haven't heard for centuries. He has been all in. If anyone had a faith that was strong, it was John the Baptist. He must have, if he didn't remember it himself, understandably, he would have forgotten, but he must have been told the story by his mother of when Mary greeted Elizabeth, his mother, and how he leapt in the womb at the mere presence of this child yet to be born. He must have known Jesus at least a little bit, whether or not he knew him uh, on a regular basis or whether or not they just met once a year at the temple when the Jewish people would gather for some of their feasts. They would have at least known one another. He has already met Jesus. He has already uh, seen him and declared him to be the one whom he is asking, are you really the one? He's already pointed at him. 
He is the Lamb of God. He's the one whom we have been waiting for. Prepare the way, but also recognize that he walks among us already. To get us all on the same historical page, it's good to recognize that John the Baptist has already baptized Jesus. He has poured the water over his head. He's seen the Holy Spirit descend from heaven. He has witnessed and proclaimed the very truths that he is now sending his disciples to ask Jesus about. Now, one might say, well, he's just sending his disciples to make sure that they know. But then why didn't he just tell them that? Why didn't he say, go to Jesus because he is the one we've been waiting for. Don't follow me any longer. He's here. He's arrived. Go follow him. Instead, he sends them, ask him for me. Are you the one whom we've been waiting for? He's in prison at this point, a prison that he's not going to make his way out of. And he probably recognizes that. There's probably fear in the heart of the fearless. And that's okay. To, to get our understanding on the, on the same page, Herod, the, the Tetrarch, the, the king of, of Galilee, he married Herodias. And you might say, well, okay, what's the big deal? Well, Herodias was married to uh, Herod's brother. But Herod's brother had died. Okay, we can still work with that. I mean, it's actually part of Jewish custom to, to marry uh, the wife of your, uh, of your deceased relative if, if that is uh, capable at the moment. Problem is, though, that Herod, as good of a guy as he is, actually killed his brother. And John the Baptist is pointing that out for all the people to see and hear. He is not leading you well. He is a bad leader. He is immoral. He's in this immoral marriage. He's a murderer. He's not a good guy. And really, he's kind of spineless as well. Because we hear in Scripture that he likes to listen to John. He likes to come and hear him speak. But he doesn't have the courage to follow him, but he also doesn't have the courage to go ahead and silence him either. John the Baptist probably would have seen the way Herodias looks at him, filled with contempt, with violence, with hatred, the way that Herodias just despises him. He probably at night could figuratively, if not literally, hear the axe being sharpened. He's in a dark, dangerous place. And he doubts. Sisters and brothers, this is good news. It's hard to see at the very beginning, but if John the Baptist can doubt, if John the Baptist can experience these difficulties in life and then have his heart doubt, if just for a moment... Well, then there's hope for you and for me, who may doubt on a much more regular basis. He sends his disciples to ask Jesus, and what does Jesus do? Does Jesus say, well, it's good that you're here and you've stopped following that coward? 
It's good that you're here. Now you don't have to put up with someone lesser than me. I'm here now. It's okay. He sends them back. He says, tell him. Tell him what you've seen. Reassure my cousin that his faith that he has had for these 30 years of his life has not been wasted. He doesn't call John the Baptist a coward or faithless or spineless or a runaway. He actually lifts him up. Have you come out to see a reed swayed by the wind, flopping one way or the other? Have you come out to see a man dressed in fine robes? I do love this testament. No. You've come to see a prophet, mighty in word and in deed. And he is greater than anyone else you've ever known. Sure, that reed may have swayed just a little. But Christ is not desirous of breaking that reed into. Christ comes amongst us to strengthen us in our doubt, to hold us in that discomfort, to reassure us when the day grows dark. Jesus is the light of the world. Even when that light flickers, Christ doesn't give up hope. He's hope itself. Sisters and brothers, we don't follow John the Baptist. We don't follow a man who for a moment lost, or not, maybe not even lost, doubted his faith. We're not here to follow him. You're not here to follow me. Lucy is not being baptized in the name of John the Baptist. She's being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let that reality strengthen our faith in the midst of our doubt today. For this is good news. There is reason for joy here today. For we follow Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God. enjoyed this homily and have gained something from it. For more from Spiritual Father, please visit spiritualfather.org where you will find other homilies, blog articles, social media posts, as well as links to various projects. Thank you for the support. May our Lord and Savior bless you this day and every day to come.